The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, where every week for so many years in a row, we have been bringing you the information and inspiration you need to start or grow your own real estate investing business. An anniversary coming up in a couple of months. Mike. We want the first show. We want the first show. I was thinking about that today, and I think I know where it is. And I will, I will find it. I will transfer it from the audio tape that it is on <laughs> to something you can actually listen to if you promise to never, ever let anybody else hear it. Because I, I, I listened to it a number of times and. My voice sounds like this because I'm so terrified. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, doing that again this week, ladies and gentlemen. And we've got a uh, topic that we haven't really ever covered before, which is uh, rural rural investing. And we're going to talk some about secrets to creative financing as well. But first, a couple of quick, you know, housekeeping type announcements. Um, this upcoming Saturday online, Cincinnati Rhea is hosting in, uh, pretty much all day, like 9am to 4pm, a workshop called the Rehab Survival Toolbox. There's some of you who, you just heard the title and you were like, take my money. I need a, I need a Rehab Survival Toolbox. Um, it's being taught by a name that a lot of you guys don't know, but I do know him. Is it's his name is Ray Sasser. He's uh, an investor from San Antonio who has been rehabbing between ten and twenty properties a year for forty years. So just like he's done more than you have, <laughs> he's certainly done more than I have. And it's basically a day about how to plan out rehabs correctly, find the right contractors, hire them, keep them under control estimate the repair costs before you <laughs> actually make the offer, which is always a good thing. If you want to make the right offer, it's, it's good. Anyone in the country can sign up for it. It's 47 for members, 97 for non-members and uh, hint, it's only $25 a month to belong to Rhea. So if you're a non-member and you want to go to this, you probably should sign up as a member for 25 bucks and then only pay 47. Somehow the math works out better that way. Uh, but yes, it's, uh, I plan to be there because even though I don't do those big old full on rehabs, I do rehabs like every other real estate investor, mostly on rentals. And he's going to talk about that as well, how to do the little jobs, uh, effectively and right and easily and on budget and all of those sorts of things. So that's this Saturday, CincinnatiRia.com. Uh, while you're there, 
look at the calendar for next Wednesday. So a week from yesterday. Uh, it's our monthly Summit Real Estate Investors Help Night. And the topic this month is creative deal structuring. So it's not a, it's not a lecture. If you have a creative deal you're trying to structure, you've got questions about creative deals, it's an opportunity to get uh, more experienced people from all over the country to just help you on Zoom for a while. Uh, there is a um, there is a limit on how many of those questions we can actually answer in the course of an hour and a half. So you, when you register, you'll be sent a form that says, hey, if you got it, you got a question, you want to make sure it's in the queue, fill out this form and go ahead and do that. Or you can just listen in and Listen to other people getting their creative deals structured. Uh, that one is free, open to the public. All you have to do is register for it. It's still at CincinnatiRia.com. Just go to the calendar and click on it, and you can get registered for that. So uh, topic today, um, investing in real estate in rural areas. And, and closely related to that is... Uh, doing creative deals. You'll see how they are related uh, before the show is over. Um, this is a topic that like I have not seen as much interest in, in rural real estate in 30 years as I have in about the last year or two. And it I've had so many discussions about it. And I've, I've actually started looking at it and doing it myself for uh, probably the same reasons that some of you guys are thinking about it. Um, and I thought, you know, we really need to, we really need to cover this with somebody who that's what they do. And so I rounded up Mr. Sam Worf, who is the president of the Real Estate Investors of Nashville, and who has spent most of his real estate life uh, investing in various kinds of properties in what can only be described as a really rural area in Tennessee. He's joining us by phone. Sam, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Thank you, Vena, for inviting me on the show. Uh, looking forward to well, thank sharing you. a little bit of knowledge. So. Thank you for agreeing to do it, because like, as soon as I decided to do this show, I couldn't think of anybody else. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to call Sam, and if he says no, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I don't know who else like has, has as much experience in rural real estate as he does. So let's um, let's just start by filling in listeners on kind of what your journey into real estate was and what it is you do these days. Okay. Now, a little background. Uh, I started out as a general contractor and was buying rentals more or less as a retirement plan. I was buying them traditional way, uh, going to the bank, trying to get 100% financing, and then I was pouring everything back into them. Um, that was working well. I was a general contractor, so the repairs and stuff were not a big deal for me. I was able to get that knocked out. Uh, I didn't want to try to live off of Social Security when I got old enough to draw it or too old to work, whichever come first. And um, so that that's the reason that we got involved in the real estate to start with. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we had a major life-changing event in our life. Uh, I had an accident, and we had to shift from living off of the revenue that I produced building houses into trying to live off of the passive income from our rentals, which was not a good thing because everything was going back into them. 
and so we had to paddle really hard and figure out how to to make that transition. Um, so with no money, not being able to work, but I did have good credit, I finally purchased my first actual real estate education. <laughs> oh, wait. So you and, were you were already years into buying real estate, and then you went, maybe I should get educated about this. <laughs> uh, yes, just like a lot of people do. So, you know, we jump in, we think we know something, and then we realize, oh, crap, we don't. And um, so I bought a course, and I studied it, and I used what I could. And then I said, how do I acquire properties that's going to give me money to replace my income? And because of taking that education, I started talking to people that I thought had real estate problems. Some did, some didn't. But my goal was to get them to let me take their problems on with my problems and be able to make a little money so that my family could keep a roof over their head and um, keep food on the table and during that first year after that first education course, I purchased 39 homes and was able to replace my working income with net profit from the rental houses that we had purchased. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that we collected rent weekly when we first got started, if you can believe that. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I, there's people who, that's what they do. <laughs> they have the tenants on weekly rent instead of on uh, monthly rent. And I know the, the very first time I met you, which was, uh, what, 10 years ago at a George Antone event, you told More me likely. you told me that you had, like you were done, like you had all the houses you needed. It was, you know... You were fine. You were just more, you know, coming, coming because you like George. And um, then the next time I saw you, you said, nope, I'm back in the real estate business because now I'm building it for my kids. Yeah, um, we had done well over the decades. I mean, you know, that first class was only the first. And we continued to pour into ourselves the education to learn all the different skills and the different techniques and strategies. A lot of people call them. And uh, so we had acquired a large number of properties and our cash flow was outgrowing our living expenses. And I literally thought I was done. I thought I was going to go sit on the beach and drink margaritas. Well, that didn't last long. And so we have continued to, add to our education um we've bought a lot of properties uh you know we since i met you we ended up with an apartment complex that we repositioned and then disposed of uh, we've got great teams in place locally and nationwide now so uh, mm-hmm. today real estate is a lot of fun mm-hmm. more fun than sitting on the beach with a margarita yeah, well, we can do our real estate from the beach now, so that's a cool thing. <laughs> Good point. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Sam about uh, rural real estate, how it's different than investing in cities, 
um, pros and cons, uh, ways to approach it, and also about uh, creative deal making. Because as you probably just gathered from the fact that he bought 39 houses without actually having any money, uh, creative techniques are a big part of his uh, strategy. And when I say we're going to talk to him, I mean you can too. You can call in with questions at 877-772-9658. Again, 877-772-9658. Or you can email your questions to askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I am your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Sam Worf, president of RIN or RAIN, or it depends on which day and which person is saying it, but it's Real Estate Investors of Nashville. So, um, Sam, we already have a question from a listener who's just asking for some clarification on something you said at, on the first part of the uh show here it's it's robert you know robert from florida yeah he says uh what does it mean everything was going back into the real estate was there no cash flow or was all the cash flow being used to pay down debt so we were shoving everything possible into it to pay down the debt so if there were needed to be repairs we did those but we really were trying to pay them off because at that point in our career, we were definitely thinking we need to get these paid off so we can retire with with income. We didn't understand real estate, so let's just <laughs> leave it at that, okay? <laughs> well, yes, because it's, it's incredibly ironic that you were trying to pay off properties back then when now you lecture at people about how important it is to leverage things correctly. <laughs> So things change as you get educated. That's for sure. Yes, they do. Um, so let, let's talk about yeah. Now you're you're you don't just invest like in your county. I know you you go out to other places, but mostly what you like to do is buy different kinds of properties. I, I've heard you I've heard you say houses, land, um, even some businesses that you've bought in your area. Uh, and you kind of like to be in those those less populated rural, not big city type areas. Why is that? Like, why do you like that? Uh, the short answer to that is I like to be a bigger fish in a smaller pond. Uh, when you go into the large areas, you have so many people there trying to do what you're doing. And when you come out to the rural areas, there's less. And so you're able to work at a little bit of a slower pace, a little bit less dollar amount, and you're able to really make a difference in people's lives. Um, I think the big thing is, is out here we have to build relationships so that we can get the leads because people don't list their property. They just say, well, I think about selling it. <laughs> well, you got to have that relationship. So people say, well, call Sam, you know, <laughs> Mike, Mike, you can't see Mike, the engineer, but he's nodding. <laughs> he's going, yep, that's how it works. <laughs> he, he, he lives out in a rural area uh, in an adjacent state here. So he's like, yep, that's, that's it. That's how it works. 
Um, so, so this is a, this is an interesting question. Like you have known this for many years. You've known that big fish, small pond relationships, all that sort of stuff. But have you seen this big increase amongst city folks in wanting to do real estate investing in more rural areas in the last few years? Or am I imagining things? Oh, no, I think you're definitely because uh, the people coming out of the city are driving our our prices up, you know, the secrets out. They know there's fewer people out here doing the deals. They know that, you know, if they bring the money that they were going to spend in the big city, they can acquire more land, more houses, and produce relative the same amount of capital return on that. Mm-hmm. Um the other great thing about the rural areas is you don't have to educate them on creative processes. They're used to land contracts and rent to own and leases with options. It's not the standard cookie cutter crowd that you get mm-hmm. in the big cities. I was just telling somebody that earlier today. Uh, somebody was telling me they were they were looking at an investment in some super super small town and uh they wanted to make a creative offer and i said you might just find out that they already know what that is because yeah. in in these in these small town and rural areas um there's still a lot of places in america where you can buy a pretty decent house for forty five thousand dollars. it's you know it's going to need work but it's not going to be like a shell or anything and yeah. that alone means that people in those areas have to understand how to sell with owner financing, buy with owner financing, because it's hard to get a loan on a $45,000 house. Exactly. A lot of places don't want to deal with it if it's not at least $150,000, $200,000 anymore, mm-hmm. uh, just because there's not enough return there for it. So land contracts here are amazing opportunities. Mm-hmm. And and I, I when I've worked in these areas, a lot of times, you know, I okay. First of all, ladies and gentlemen who are from the cities, do not assume that because somebody talks slow and has an accent that they're dumb, because that's I think that's a that's a, a thing that we we kind of walk in going, yeah, I'm the I'm the big city investor, and these people are all hillbillies or <laughs> whatever. And the reality is, they tend to be very sophisticated about money and trading and like they 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 understand their their own economy uh there and the first time I went into one of these small towns and I was I like girded myself to have to explain really slowly what a land contract was <laughs> to the seller I know I I was the one being stupid um and I said so um what if what if we did it this way what if I gave you $625 a month and I paid the tax and insurance. He said, "Oh, you mean like a contract?" <laughs> and I said, "Oh, you you're familiar with that?" And he's like, "Sweetie, my grandpa bought the farm that we've all been living on for three generations ago on land contract, and that's how we bought and sold every house we've ever had." So, yeah. <laughs> so, realistically, he probably probably knew more about it than I did, and I but I was I was shocked. I was like, "So, like, not only do you understand what this is, you're like, sure, let's do it. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons that we were able to purchase 39 homes in that first year. I think we had about 12 before, 
but like I said, they were literally eating everything they made. We were able to scrape a few dollars from it, but the homes that we added replaced my working income in a year. I mean, that's, that's amazing to me. And we did it. And a lot of times we actually got money at closing because there was stuff that needed to be repaired. And so that was another huge benefit for us. Um, and the people understood that I'm tired of dealing with this. Yeah, we'll sell it to you that way. And we're going to get money for the next so many years. And the crazy thing is, is these rural people understand taxes better than most CPAs do. <laughs> they have to be very sophisticated because they live on such small margins a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam, we're, we're going to go to the phones and talk to Alexis, who is on line one from Louisville. Alexis, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hi. Hi, Alexis. Hi, Alexis. Thank you for taking my call, Vina and Sam. I'm so excited to be on. I had a question about investing in rural counties. I'm wanting to tap into my hometown that has a population of 20,000. I left when I was 18, and I'm 31 now. So I'm just wondering, I have leased a billboard, but what else can I do to really tap into that market and generate leads? I'm glad you asked that question because I was thinking about that today. When you're in the rural areas, you have to build relationships. You need to get into the community. You need to be there when community events are happening. If there's a fundraiser for somebody, you need to be there helping. Uh, You have to build the relationships in the rural areas. Um, In the big cities, a, a billboard is great because you've got how many people driving by it every day. I live in a county that only has 8,300 people, roughly. Everybody in the community knows everybody else, pretty much. And the relationships is what you have to build. Not only with the community, but with the local banks and the local leaders. And you need to let all of those groups know what you're trying to do and why you're trying to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and Alexis, I think you have a leg up because I'm guessing you graduated from high school there. Yes, and a lot of people know. So I'm second generation real estate investor. My grandfather did all those deed for contracts, land for contracts, and everything. So people knew of him. And they every time I say my last name, they're like, oh, are you so-and-so's granddaughter? And I say yes. But I just haven't been a part of the community for over a decade now, you know, I still think you like. I, I still think you can leverage that. You Absolutely. can definitely Absolutely. leverage that. I already am, and I had a plan of maybe going back home and attending like council meetings, getting into the FFA, taking people out to lunch, uh, doing that at least a couple of days a month to get more involved. So I'm glad that you said that, Sam. I'm on the right track, but you're right. I also need to be helping out and volunteering and showing up to all the community events. That's that's awesome. I'm totally going to do that. And, and get with the commissioners or whoever's involved in the city and the county and let them know that you're trying to improve the properties and provide high-quality housing at a reasonable rate. Um, that's huge in those small communities, and the, the people that are in charge in our area, it's, it's 
county commissioners and city council, when you show them that you're truly doing this, they are mm-hmm. great resources for you. So just build those relationships. Awesome. I'm excited. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> Thank you for Thank your you for the questions. <laughs> Appreciate it. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing, talking today about rural investing, how to do it, pros and cons, and uh, also it's going to morph into a discussion about uh, creative deals because it has now come up several times. Sam said he buys deals creatively. Alexa said her grand, everybody knows her grandfather used to do, you know, contracts for deed, things like that. Um, so yeah, we are gonna, we are gonna talk a little bit about that when we come back. If you have questions, you can uh, either give us a call like Alexis did at 877-772-9658, or you can send them to askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing, uh, talking today about a topic that's just weirdly hot, and maybe it's something you have thought about, which is, um, should I, should I leave the huge competition and the, you know, have to have to get it done yesterday and the the stuff that comes with investing in larger cities and maybe look at some of the rural areas around me? And, you know, people think that thought and then they're kind of like, I don't know how to do that. Like, I don't know any realtors there. I don't know any title companies there. I don't know any lenders there. I don't, I don't really know how to evaluate the properties. I think everybody... Uh, does have the vague feeling just from looking at Zillow that the same property in a rural area, same square footage, same year, same bedrooms, all that stuff might sell for less and rent for less than it would if you dropped it in the city. But they're not always sure, like, what does that what does that mean for me in terms of how, what I ought to be paying and so on. So we're just sort of talking it through with Sam Worf, president of the Real Estate Investors of Nashville. Now you... um. You've mentioned some of the reasons that, some of the ways that rural can be different. Sam, you said um, it, it's very relationship based. You can't you can't just pop in whenever you want to see a house and hope that you're going to buy a lot of deals. You said that creative finance is way more common uh, and understood in those areas. You did mention that. Uh, prices can be lower, but and rents can be lower. But that if you do it right, you're kind of coming out with the same return on investment that you would. Um, anything else that people who are used to investing in cities are going to find real different about a rural area? Oh, you know, I don't know that I'm really qualified to answer that question because I strictly invest in rural areas. <laughs> I stay out of any of the big cities and definitely out of the metros. Uh, but I can say that investing in the rural area, you're going to have to slow down. You're going to have to, as I said before, build those relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, other differences about the rural areas that I really love is I can buy a piece of property and subdivide it with minimal interference from the governing bodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can, some of the areas that we invest in, we have one inspection and that's for electrical. Well, maybe a septic system if it's not on the city sewer, but that's huge. But there's 
less resources here to get the job done. So you, instead of doing a flip in 45 days, it might take you 180 days to get everything done. Uh, is that because there there are fewer contractors who can work on it? It's because building materials are harder to get. Why is that? A little bit of all, but mostly because the the contractors that are here that are quality, they stay covered up, and you have to get in their schedule. Mm. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to go find a house today, close on it next week, and have a contractor in there the day you close. You know, you may have to wait on him for a month, two months, who knows, um, unless you get really good at the relationships with your contractors and everybody else. Well, let me say that's not that different than doing a rehab in the city right now <laughs> either. Um, but, yeah, I, li- I liked what you said about there's just less red tape about everything. Like if one of the things, one of the main reasons I started looking at rural areas, it is really hard to buy a mobile home within – 20 minutes drive of my house there's very few mobile home parks they're not they won't zone for any more if all the ones that are there are grandfathered in so if the trailers go away they can't put new ones on it i like mobile homes on land and i have to go out into rural areas to find that i i I can't really buy i I got offered 360 acres of, of property uh yesterday and that was not in the city right there's just like more there's more types of assets it feels like that you can invest in once you get outside the big cities. Yes, and there are more people looking for different type of assets. We have a lot of people that call us looking for a small ranch ad or farm ad, you know, something five, ten acres that they can keep a horse on or have a couple of cows or raise a goat or two. People want to be sort of self-sufficient out here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i i do love the idea that uh you might be able to actually build something out in a rural area without going through a year-long zoning and permit process which is very very common if you live in a big metro area just the the lack of bureaucratic interference and red tape and cost Right. There's, yeah. there's there's always a lot of cost related to those uh, permits and zoning hearings and all of that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it does it does have its pros. And if you are not willing to slow down and build relationships, it's probably not for you. <laughs> I mean, you can go out there and try it, but you're, you're probably not going to get too far uh, investing in rural areas if you try to bring your hey, let's let's go. Let's make a deal kind of attitude with you. So I want to I want to um, shift the conversation a little bit over to the creative side, because <clears throat> you you not only buy properties using different kinds of owner financing and uh, private financing, too, but um, you also sell them that way. And. This is another super hot topic right now. You know, everybody's all of a sudden interested in learning how to do creative finance deals. <laughs> Once interest rates got above 6.5% for investors and the prices did not come down, everybody started going, you can't, you can't buy cash flowing stuff anymore. You can't pay what people are asking and then also pay 6.5% and not be coming out of pocket every month 
on these rental properties. So all of a sudden, everybody was like, what's this new creative finance thing? So if, if we could just, if we could just start with your secret, like you, Sam, what is, what is the main thing that you do that gets you so many creative deals? Okay. So I'm going to back up just a little bit. Uh, if you could see me right now, I am known as the man in the hat that can help you get in touch, get your problem solved or get you in touch with people that can help you solve your problems, not only in real estate, but in other areas. Now that brings me into, and if you've seen me around, you know, I always wear that hat, Mm -hmm. but that brings me to the secret. There is no secret. You just have to care about people, be willing to talk to them. You have to, sort of play the doctor and poke them, you know, does it hurt here? Does it hurt here to find out what the real problem is, find out what they think they need, and then dig deeper until you find out what is really needed. Maybe not to move them to where they want to be, but move them into a better position than they are now mm-hmm. and I think that's that's the secret caring about people and being willing to ask the hard questions to dig deep to find out what the real problems are then you can move forward and figure out how to solve those mm-hmm. no those I mean you said you said it's no secret <sighs> To listen to the YouTube gurus talk, the secret is buy my course and then you'll have the paperwork and the techniques to close such and such a kind of deal. <laughs> and Oh, that kills me. <laughs> and being technically, profi- being technically proficient at rehab is wonderful. Like that'll make you a lot of money. Being technically proficient at seller financing kind of deals, it does not get you anywhere at all. Absolutely not. Nobody's impressed that you know how to document a subject to deal or run the numbers on an owner finance deal. What, what they, and I mean the people you're helping here are impressed with is that you were able to pull something that maybe they never heard of, or maybe they hadn't thought about out of a tool bag and say, this might work better for you than the thing you were thinking of doing. Let me show you how it works, and then you tell me if you want to do it or not. You hit the nail on the head. Um, As many deals as I have done over the decades, I really don't believe any two deals were exactly the same. And when I finally realized that I couldn't walk into someone's home and figure that I was going to do a specific type of structure to solve their problem. And I started listening to them and finding out what the problem was, how far 
behind or whatever the situation was, when I started listening to them with an open mind, and the only thing that ever crossed my mind, well, that won't work in this situation because we need this. It was never trying to push a deal into a Pacific strategy is when I really come into my my prime, I guess you would say, in doing creative deals. Mm-hmm. I hope that makes sense to most people. No, you're 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 absolutely right. Uh, but it doesn't matter how you say it; people don't necessarily get it until they've actually done it. Because you're right, a lot of people are they they try to be structure driven. They try to say, "Well, I'm going to go look for subject to deals." Right. Well, you you aren't going to buy. I mean, property isn't going to sell itself to you subject to what what you need to be looking for is people who have a problem that subject to might solve for them. And if it doesn't, you need to go find another person. Don't try and like fit a square peg into a round hole or even better, know things other than subject to because that is that's just one way of solving a particular kind of problem. And then what do you do when you find a property where the seller is really motivated to sell? He really, it would be really good for him to get payments, but he doesn't have a mortgage for you to take over. So we do carry, we carry back financing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unless, unless, unless that's going to be a tax problem for the seller, in which case we do a lease with option to buy. I mean, there, there's like <laughs> that. There's so many tools, and unless we have all the information, we can't make an informed decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very true. So many people want to go into real estate with a big hammer, seventy cents on the dollar minus repairs, and. I'm going to say 80% of the deals out there, the big hammer don't work because it doesn't, it's not a win-win for everybody involved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wrong tool for that particular job. Uh, Sam, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to answer a question from SK Youthus, and we're going to um, possibly give a surprise reward to people who have listened to us this this long. We will be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Talking today to Sam Worf, president of the Real Estate Investors of Nashville, about rural investing and kind of like creative approaches to investing. And Sam. Sam and SK, if I laugh while I'm reading this question, it's just because it's hilarious. I'm not laughing at you, SK. I'm laughing with you. And I think you might win the award for the funniest question asked on Real Life Real Estate so far this year. It says, hi, Vina and Sam. I do live in the middle of nowhere in the mountains of Colorado. Making connections here is a bit tricky because, for example, I live off a dead-end dirt road, which is off a dead-end dirt road, which is off a dirt road that actually leads to a county road, which is paved, which is wonderful, and sometimes it's even plowed. I hate door knocking, and since everybody here owns guns and has signs on their door... Let's say trespassers will be shot and survivors will be prosecuted. It seems like a bad idea. (laughs) There may be less red tape here, but there's little available. How do I make leads available and contact them without getting shot? (laughs) Oh, I love it. I have never had anybody 
close the door in my face, even if they had, you know, no soliciting. Now, I'll be honest, I haven't knocked doors that said no soliciting or no trespassing that didn't have a realty sign in their yard. But instead of knocking the doors, your community has to have some kind of community get-togethers. Either they have the community, you know, the commissioners, you know, you got your dirt roads. Get involved with whatever level of community leadership you can get. Be out there, help with food drives. If there's, you know, whatever it is that you can be seen, brand yourself and be available and let people know what you do. Mm -hmm. You solve real estate problems. Yeah. And don't buy and sell houses. And if you don't, if you don't like getting involved with the local government, which every, you know, not everybody loves that idea. I have been to where you're talking about SK and I know they have, you know, the, the Elks Club has a barbecue on Friday night and the local Catholic church has a, has a once a year has a festival and, you know, there's all sorts of opportunities like that where you can be there, you can help out, you can, donate you can become a sponsor and and you can get in front of people that way as well um you know i probably wouldn't knock on a door that said i'm going to shoot you if you knock on my door either even though i don't believe that they would actually shoot me but there's ways of getting in front of people in places where that's what we're here for right we're here to get together and i think sam's suggestion that you find some of those places uh is a really good one uh, so, Sam, let's go back to this uh, topic of creative, creative deal making. Um, the the just the very attitude that you mentioned of you know, I'm coming in here to help. I don't know how I'm going to help yet. I'm not going to find out how I'm going to help until you tell me what's actually going on. I need to build some rapport so that you will tell me what's going on, because sometimes it takes a little while to get people to really fess up to what the whole situation looks like. Um, and then we talked about that knowing lots of structures can be really useful too. And I, I, I say this without us, of course, having time to go through all 10 structures about how to buy houses and the various structures about how to sell houses because, um, next week, as you might have heard before the show, is the WMKV Fun Drive and what Real Life Real Estate is offering up in return for your pledge to support public radio is just five seats to the Creative Finance Summit that is coming up in Columbus. Yeah, well, I'm not going to give, we've only got like 20 seats left. I couldn't give 20 seats to the station for the, for the, for the show. Um, it's coming up in Columbus. At, on uh, April the 26th through 28th, there is also a, a virtual option for attending because I know we've got listeners out in Colorado in the middle of the mountains where the roads aren't plowed. Uh, so if you want to, you can stay home and watch it on Zoom. But here's the deal for people who pledge for Fundrive. And I'm telling you a week early in the hopes that all five of these seats are gone by the time I walk in here next week and I can do a show instead of a fun drive. If you if you go to wmkvfm.org and you scroll down to the bottom of the page, you will see a place where it says uh, Creative Finance Summit Pledge, okay? You're going to click that button. You're going to pledge six ninety seven to get one virtual or in-person ticket, and you're going to uh, pledge eight ninety seven to get two 
virtual or in-person tickets. And when you do this through WMKV, which, you know, it's a pledge to them, that's who you're going to see on your credit card statement, I'm going to add a a course that I wrote called How to Get 0% Owner Financing. It's got a whole manual. It's got six hours of uh, online training. You'll get that right away. Um, and that's a bonus that like people even who sign up through through my website don't get. So uh, I would love to see five people go ahead and take that offer because it's, uh, it's a better offer than what you're going to get elsewhere. And also it supports public radio on WMKV. So WMKVFM.org. Now, Sam, you're actually speaking there. You're one of the uh, 12 or 13 creative finance experts that we've got talking. And your particular topic, and unfortunately we've got like two minutes to talk about this now, is how you sell properties creatively on what we call repair for equity deals. Can you uh, just kind of quickly describe what that is and why you like doing it? Oh, man, it's hard to describe in two minutes or less. But basically we acquire properties or properties that we have that we don't want to put a lot of money into. We sell them to handyman-type people, and they get the to do the repairs so that they create equity in the property, and it's a win-win for everybody mm-hmm. around the whole, the whole thing. Well, and, I, it, and, I, and I a key thing is you let them make you payments because a lot of these guys cannot go to the bank and get a loan. Exactly. Exactly. We we provide them with home ownership without them going to the bank. And as Vena said, some of them can't qualify for bank financing. Uh, but, you know, we're there to provide home ownership for everybody that wants to own and willing to do the work. And the most important thing is they have the skills to do those mm-hmm. those jobs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, luckily you have 90 minutes to talk about how that works at Creative Finance Summit. And again, listeners who, if, if you're in the first five, go to wmkvfm.org, scroll down to the bottom, pledge 697 for one, 897 for two. Make sure you're telling us whether you're coming in person or virtually, and um, you'll get to see Sam in about uh 12 other presenters who are experts on creative finance, including Pete Fortunato. So, um, Sam, appreciate you. We're out of time, uh, unfortunately. We probably need to continue this conversation on some future show. But uh, glad you could be here with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. We'll be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Happy investing.